Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of our weekly Halakha 101 class taught by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. We're going to actually have a shorter class today because I have a Hebra Kedisha meeting that um, that is not my Hebra Kedisha, so I didn't get to choose the time um, at 8 p.m. So we're only going to have a 20-minute class, but because it's going to be a little bit shorter, I thought that we would focus specifically on Passover. Um, so we're not going to continue with the Seifim that we were looking at um, with just kind of the general koshering, but we're going to uh, we're going to look at some specific to Passover koshering. Um, and those of you who were in my class earlier last week, you will hear some things that sound very similar. Um, and it's possible that we'll come upon some stuff that um, that is different than the way that we practice today. So um, you can kind of have your questions ready based on what you know, what you've already learned, how you kosher your home, etc. So this is Orachaim 451. This is Siman 451. Um, and just because it's a longer seif, I'm going to only do the English because I can't see both the Hebrew and the English at the same time. So we're going to stick with English for right now for at least this, this piece here. So ceramic dishes that have been used for chametz the whole year, even if they were used for oats or other grains, should be wiped well such that there is no noticeable chametz left and then it's permitted to keep them until after Passover and use them either for what they were used for before Passover or something else. So it's not telling you that you can use them for Passover. It's just saying that you can use them following Passover, that you don't have to get rid of them. So it's possible um, that back in the day, what's the word I'm looking for? Utensils were a little bit more disposal, disposable than, than the way that we have pots and pans, et cetera, today. Um, so I, I guess that maybe people would get rid of their plates and utensils before Passover and just have new ones and then get new ones afterwards. What this Saif is saying is that you can keep them and use them after as long as you clean them so they don't have chametz on them during Passover in your home. They should be hidden on Passover in a hidden place where one does not normally go, lest one come to use them on Passover. So again, you hide them so that you can't actually use them on on Passover. You put them in a room and you hide the key. Very, uh, you know, a, a fun game for a child. Um, refiring it in fire does not work for any ceramic item that we that was used for hot things. So you might think that you could use a blowtorch for ceramic, but in fact you cannot because it's still ceramic. Um, so you can't use you can't use um, fire for that. Um, even if it was not used on the fire and boiling liquid was just poured into it. So the Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Isserlis says, there are those who forbid even for the second container, meaning if there are like two containers, one that goes into the other, that even on the outside one, you cannot do this kind of um, koshering with because probably of the quote contamination um, from the first. Even if they are filled with coals, we are concerned that one would be worried that the containers will crack, meaning that they would break, obviously, and will not do a complete refiring. So if if ceramic breaks, it's even more porous than it was, obviously, before it broke. And thus, chametz and other things can get inside it that you wouldn't want to have 
um, because because of Passover of the the mitzvah of balir and balim, so you can't find it and you can't see it. So ceramic is very porous already, and obviously if it cracks, it's now become more porous. Um, if you return the items to the furnace where they where they make ceramic items, so a kiln, for example, it is permitted. So if it's going to be fixed, right, and it's going to basically become a new item because you've now put it back into the kiln, then it is permitted. Because they are sent into a big fire like this, clearly you won't be concerned that they're going to break. If you're going, if you're already able to put them in a fire where you're, you feel like they're going to be kind of refurbished, then you're not worried that they're going to break because they're going into a very um, harsh condition already. But even in the time of the Shulchan Aruch, what the Shulchan Aruch is saying is this isn't true in terms of our ovens. They probably didn't get hot enough. Um, they probably weren't the kinds of ovens that would uh, refinish something by having something uh, put in them. So the Ramah adds, for every object that needs to be made white hot or scalding, which is how we talk about libun, which is the the firing of items that do not get put into boiling water, but rather get um, blowtorched or put into a very hot oven, it's forbidden to use it even if for cold things without koshering it. So you can't even use, this is for Passover, but you can't even use those plates for like a salad because they were used with chametz during the rest of the year. Does that make sense to everybody? Everybody with me thus far? Most of this is pretty self-explanatory. Okay. I'm just going to try to go pretty quickly since we don't have as much um, as much time together today. Um, I'm going to actually skip this one because it has nothing to do with anything we use today. Okay. So knives sh- should be scoured in the first vessel and then they are permitted. So we talked a little bit about knives last time, just in terms of the grooves that they have and the way in which you have to really clean a knife before you can kosher it. And if you really can't clean it, or if you're worried that the handle might have some chametz in it, then just don't use it um, because you probably aren't going to be able to kosher it if the grooves are um, deep enough that the chametz has gone inside. The first vessel was where water was boiled on the fire, even if it is not now on the fire, but it's still boiling. So even if your pot was once on a burner and now it's not on that burner, but the water is still boiling, you can use that um, as your koshering vessel. Before the scouring, they must be cleaned well. That's what we were just what I was just talking about, with a whetstone or a millstone to remove all rust before they are kashered. So they have to be very, very, very well cleaned. Um, again, especially knives because of all the little grooves before you actually kasher them. If there are crevices such that they can't be adequately cleaned, it's not sufficient to scour them. So right, hagala is to you know to to dunk something in boiling water. Um, so you just can't kosher them. If you can't, if you can't adequately clean them, then don't kosher them. I always say this about um, serrated knives that you mostly use for bread during the rest of the year. Just don't kosher them. There's no way that you're going to be able to kosher, uh, clean that, that serrated knife enough that it's going to get rid of the chametz that you use it for for the rest of the year. So just don't, just don't even bother. Um, uh, okay, the Ramah says the sheath of the knives cannot be fixed by scouring and it is forbidden to put the knife in it on Passover. So what this is actually quoting the Maharil. Um, but what this is saying is that if you can't, if you can't kosher the, the handle is what we would call it today, or the thing that covers the knife, the sheath of the knife, um, if you can't put that in boiling water, 
then you can't use it on Passover at all, right? Again, this whole this whole premise of if you can't clean it well enough, well then you then you can't kosher it at all. Um, don't most of us of a certain age have separate knives for Passover? Some people, but not everybody. Um, my parents don't because they can kosher all of theirs. So I think that some people do, but but not everybody does. Um, okay, so objects used on the fire like skewers and gridirons need to be white hot. So anything used on the fire needs to then be koshered on fire. You can't put something that was um, used on a grill or a barbecue into boiling water because that's not how you used it. So it's not going to get koshered in the way that it's being used and therefore it wouldn't be koshered. So you have to kosher in the way that something is used. Libun, this white hot fire, is such that there are sparks on them, meaning if you were to take the, the skewers out, that you would see that it's still so hot that, that you can't touch it. Um, the Ramah says, right, Moshe Israelis says, some are lenient if it is, if it is hot such that straw burns on it from the outside. So if you were to touch a piece of straw to the skewer and it's singed, then you know that it's been hot enough to kosher. Um, we follow the first opinion for everything that requires libun. But for something that needs scouring, remember dunking in that hot water, but it has cracks or we're stringent to make it white hot, it's sufficient to do lesser libun, which means um, like putting something in an oven would be a lesser libun than direct fire. So you can do that. Um, you can do that if you know that, that, uh, that, that it's permissible to do with that particular item. So for example, like a baking sheet, um, if you... If you don't have a blowtorch, you can put it in a very hot oven and that's totally fine. I still, I put them, put it in a very hot oven, but then I still wrap it in tin foil when I'm going to use it on Passover, mostly because that's how I would use it, you know, on a random Tuesday night also. So I just, I treat it the same way that I would treat it during the year. Uh, but I make sure that I clean it and I make sure that I um, put it in a very hot oven before I use it for Passover. Any questions on that? Okay. Moving right along. Um, okay. We've already done something very similar to that, so I'm going to skip it. So this is just, um, this is number six. Yeah. This is number six of the same C-minus, 451. But this is just emphasizing that every object, we kosher the way that it's used. So a spoon, you put into boiling hot water. A cup, you put into boiling hot water. A grill pan, you put into a really hot oven or you, um, or you fire it with a blowtorch. So it says here, therefore dishes, even if they are sometimes used in a first container on the fire, meaning, um, like if you have a pot and you put stuff in that pot without having a double boiler, for example, then you, then you've used it as a first container. Um, because they are most often used by pouring from a first container, they should be koshered that way. So the first container then should be koshered. You've probably heard of Kli Rishon, Kli Shani, Kli Shlishi when it comes to Shabbat. So what we're talking about here is kind of the, the vessel that has the most direct contact with the heat. That's the Kli Rishon. And then the Kli, the kind of the, the primary vessel. And then the Kli Shani might be inside it. Kli Shlishi might might be inside that. Um, the Ramah says there are some who are stringent to scour them in a first container, meaning like a very big pot. And then you would put that, um, put that in it. 
and such is the practice. So that's what we do today, right? We get a very big pot and then we um, put boil and water in it and we put other things inside that. The same is true for everything. Hi, Mike. Um, where there is a concern that it was used in a first container, like spoons, right? You use a spoon in a bowl. So that would be a first container because you're using the bowl for soup. And so the spoon is going directly into a first vessel as opposed to um, like a tea bag, which could go into one cup and then go, or sorry, go into a kettle and then into a cup. Um, that would be a, a second vessel. Annette, did you have a question? Yes. Uh, I have uh, some uh, metal bowls and things of that sort, which have never uh, come close to hot water, excepting if we're washing them. Yeah. I mean, they would be something if I'm using greens. Yeah. And would you refresh my memory about the glass uh, dishes that only had uh, like dairy and cold? Would you yeah, just sure. The so glass dishes that are dairy and cold you can just wash and then put through a clean dishwashing cycle. Okay, so you don't soak it like I remember years ago that I put it in. Uh, I used to put it in a tub full of water that you drained every uh, twenty-four hours. But you don't have to do that anymore. You just not wash if it's it. only been used with cold. So, like my water glasses, for example, I just put them through a clean dishwasher cycle okay. um, because they've only been used for water. So I don't. I don't bother um koshering those but for something like a glass dish that is primarily used for cold but sometimes used for hot then you would want to kosher that how would you kosher that you would kosher it um by boiling it like by putting it in a big pot of water okay. and if it doesn't fit in a big pot of water depending on the type of glass so like if it's pyrex you can probably put it into an oven but it just depends on how you use it so like my soup bowls I'll put into a big pot to kosher, but then the Pyrex kind of casserole dishes that I use, um, I would put into an oven at a very high heat. Fine. Um, and and uh, do you, do you uh, kosher, let's say, vases that have just been on a table that hold flowers or something no, like that? No, no. I don't even bother to wash those. I mean, I wash them after I use them, but I don't bother to wash them for Passover. Uh, I have... Uh, things. Uh, I guess it would be, I have to give it uh, for fire. I have things that are uh, raised that you put, uh, like you would put like a soup, uh, you know, when you're, when you're heating soup, yeah. and you don't want it to get too hot. So I, there's something that I have that's raised yeah. over the burner. So that would be by fire. Yes. Cause if it's used on fire, then it should be Coshered by fire. Okay, I'm sorry to take the time. No, no, no. Those were great. Those were great questions. You didn't take take too much time at all. Um, Mike, just because you you just got here, I just wanted every you to know that we're ending at eight because I have a Hever Kadisha meeting with a different Hever Kadisha. So um, I I didn't get to choose the time. They chose the time. So we'll take another eight minutes and then and then I'll let you all go a little bit early. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, Annette is about to answer that same question. There are some who are stringent to scour every cup, even though it is used for cold liquids, because sometimes it's used for hot liquids. So for example, I know that my 
water glasses are never used for hot liquids because I have mugs and that's what I use hot liquids in. So if you know that you really never use hot liquids in them, then they're totally fine to be considered just cold. If you use your mug for hot and for cold, then you have to kosher it as if it's had hot in it. Cause that's the more, um, um, I don't know, weighty of the, of the situations, whether it was hot or cold. So anything that's had any hot in it should always be koshered, but something that really has only had cold in it, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about. Years ago, when I, I first started being uh, quite observant for uh, Pesach, yeah. when we got uh, new equipment, I always ordered new like new racks, new this, yeah. new that craziness, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, also, there used to be a store here called Akron, and and they they had these great glass dishes, and so whatever I bought for the year, then I yeah. always bought like a service for four or six for yeah. Pesach, put it away, and. You know what? It made life so much easier. You didn't have to worry about what you're cashing every little right. thing. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. I have, um, I have like my regular plates. I have some that are ceramic from when I was in college. And then I have some that I've, that I've got that are glass. And so for Passover, I have my own Passover set of dishes, but I supplement by koshering my glass dishes that I use, you know, throughout the whole year. And I, I just don't use the ceramic ones. So you can also do that, right? Like you can supplement your glass ware that you have from during the year to be able to use during Passover if you don't feel like you have enough actual Passover um, settings for for your guests. Okay. For one um, Passover. Right. What'd you say? Have a wonderful Passover. Thank and you, Annette. Everybody who's here. Everybody should have a good kosher Passover and a healthy one. Thank you. You too. Yeah, I hope to. <laughs> I'm hoping for a happy one. Amen. All right. So for big pots that cannot be inserted into a first container, one should put a white hot rock on top of them and pour boiling water from a first container. So what this is saying is that if you have a gigantic pot and it can't fit in any of your other pots, you should make sure to pour hot water all over it as if it's being submerged in boiling hot water. The reason for the rock is to keep it hot. Um, in today's day and age, boiling hot water will stay boiling hot as long as you take it from a kettle and you put it on the on the thing. So you don't necessarily need that rock unless you want it. Um, but that would be the way to kosher that pot such that you can't dunk it in something. You just have to make sure that the, the boiling water gets all over it. Um, okay, let's do one more. Uh, not that one. Trying to find a good one. Okay, a pan that is fried, meaning that you put oil in it to bit to cook, right? So most of our pans these days, unless they're nonstick, and if they're nonstick, you can't kosher them because they have their own enamel on them. So that's a whole nother story. Um, a pan you can, you can kosher by put by dunking in boiling water. However, if it doesn't fit, what we're going to see in a second is that you can put it in, you can put it over fire, um, which is actually what I end up doing because mine doesn't fit in any pot that I own. Though this year, because Betham has koshering, I might be able to finally do it in a big pot. We'll see. Um, 
but it says if it is long, one side is put in the water, then you're, then you flip it and you put the other side in. So you don't have to have the whole thing fit in the pot at once, but you have to make sure the whole thing at some point got into the boiling hot water. Um, but and then what it says here is how I know that I can also just do it with fire is that any liboon, any hot, um, any fire that you're going to like, whether it's a blowtorch or putting in a very hot oven, um, that would singe straw is also sufficient. There are some who are stringent to do liboon for a pan, but any liboon is sufficient as long as straw burns. Okay. So as long as it's very, very hot. So as long as your pan would get so hot that it would singe a piece of straw, which most ovens will do. If you put a, if you put a pan in it, um, it's going to be very, very, very hot. Or you can put it over a stovetop, um, especially a gas stovetop where it's direct fire. Uh, and then it will get also very, very hot. Um, so what the Shulchan Aruch comes down to say is that actually libun is the practice that you should actually put fire on the pan because after all, a pan is used on fire. But if you want to dunk it in water, that's sufficient. So for me, some of my pans can't actually go into an oven. And so I just haven't koshered them for Passover in the past. So if that's the case, then I can take them to Betham on Sunday and I can kosher those pans and then I can, um, and then I can use them during Passover and not worry about it. Uh, not worry about not having to use them because I couldn't put them in, into the oven or on hot, um, on, on the fire directly. Any questions before I let you all go and I go meet about Hebra Kedisha? <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, sorry, this was very quick. Oh yeah, Diane, go ahead. No, 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 I was just saying thank you and Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach, you're so welcome. Um, sorry, this was a little bit quicker, but there's so much koshering stuff right now on the website about Passover that if you want more, you can find it on the podcast. And, um, I will see many of you koshering on Sunday and, uh, if not sooner. So have a great night. I'll see you all soon. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.